Austin, welcome to our podcast studio. You want to enlighten the listeners as to what we're looking at right now? It is a uh, a very nice studio. Let's <laughs> just say that. Uh, Nothing but the best. It's a, a hodgepodge of blankets and wood. Yeah, and so, I don't know if you ever had dreams of grandeur when you were a child and it came to the pillow forts. Oh, yeah. This is about as far as you can take a pillow fort. Yes, it is. It's a very well-designed pillow fort. <laughs> well, thank you. Put I all the other kids in the neighborhood to shame. <laughs> I worked very hard on this for exactly one hour last <laughs> night. <laughs> okay, Austin. Here's a show. Here to explore all the things that keep us up at night are your hosts, Connor Dudley and Austin Graham. You are listening to Sleepless. Today we are talking about Infinity. Yes. You, I believe this is yours. We talked a little bit about this, but I think that you had uh, some general questions on this one, and I do as well. Why don't you get us going here? Yeah, so I think for me, when I first started having uh, reoccurring nightmares (laughs) (laughs) about Infinity, it's a concept we all kind of grew up with. We all learn about it in school heard the word infinity or infinite Mm -hmm. you know we've we use that it's a common part of our language okay but it wasn't until i actually started to research the nature of it that i started realizing that there's some actual issues with it and there's some questions about the concept of it okay because when you when you really kind of break it down it seems like it's a pretty absurd concept and it actually wasn't until i started researching kind of philosophical ideas for the existence of God, uh, for the creation of the universe and things like that, that okay. it really began to like boggle my mind and, and bother me. Okay. So I, I hear you use that word absurd. <laughs> what do you think is absurd about infinity? Well, initially there's a lot of paradoxes with the concept of infinity that lead to some absurd results. And the one that initially came to mind is called Hilbert's Hotel got to be one of the most popular there are i'm yeah. sure we would get there so let's let's talk a little bit about old hilbert's hotel hilbert's hotel for those of you that are not maybe too familiar with it is a thought experiment by a mathematician in germany his name was david hilbert and this what i'm about to read is from uh, william lane craig's book on guard and he talks a little little bit about this hotel and why actually infinite numbers of things just cannot seemingly exist let's dive into it a little bit so hilbert first invites us and this is quoting the book to imagine an ordinary hotel with a finite number of rooms suppose furthermore that all the rooms are full if a new guest shows up at the front desk and asks for a room the manager says sorry but all the rooms are full and that's the end of the story that's in a normal hotel but now says hilbert Let's imagine a hotel with an infinite number of rooms. And let's suppose once again that all the rooms are already full. Stupid. I know, right? <laughs> you can't do that. <laughs> no, no room in the end. Oh, this is where, uh, yeah, go ahead. This fact must be clearly appreciated. There is not a single vacancy throughout the entire infinite hotel. Every room has already has, already has someone in it. Now suppose a new guest shows up at the front desk asking for a room. No problem, says the store manager, or the hotel manager, I should say. 
He moves the person who is staying in room number one into room number two, the person staying in room number two to room number three, person who is staying in room number three to room number four, and so on to infinity. As a result of these room changes, room number one now becomes vacant, and the new guest gratefully checks in. But before he arrived, all the rooms were already full. So now it gets worse. Let's suppose Hilbert says that an infinity of new guests shows up at the front desk asking for rooms. No problem. No problem, says the store manager. He moves the person who is staying in room number one into room number two, the person in room number two into room number four, the person in room number three to room number six, each time moving the person into the room number that is twice his own number. Since any number multiplied by two is an even number, all the guests would wind up in even numbered rooms. As a result, all the odd number rooms become vacant and the infinity of new guests is easily accommodated. In fact, the manager could do this an infinite number of times and always accommodate infinitely more guests. And yet, before each guest arrived, the rooms were already full. So that's that's one of the absurdities with the concept of infinity. When you add infinity to infinity, what do you get? You get infinity. <laughs> yeah, it feels like the grade school like one-upsmanship when you're like, I hate you times infinity. I hate you times infinity times two or yeah. whatever. <laughs> it's like you can't do that. But actually, like that third grader is onto something. Yeah. Uh, and that bothers me to no end. This is actually when my problem with infinity began. I was in college, and uh, an individual who I think believe was, I believe was studying computer science had infinity in his equations, and I said, you can't do that. You know, just I knew I knew nothing about mathematics. Yeah. Uh, I was, you know, being silly, but I really could not understand the concept. And this is, I think, when he first presented me with Hilbert's Hotel. And it's like, that's actually the only call it a paradox, call it uh, an explanation, whatever, you know, box that it fits into. It's the only thing that's actually helped it, me make sense a little bit. Mm-hmm. It's actually kind of the beginnings of infinity in mathematics is to describe infinite sets. You're right. Right? So if you imagine a line segment, there's a finite amount of space on that line segment. Right. There are, however, an infinite number of points on that line segment. Right. That is incredibly frustrating. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know, and I don't know why, but it's so frustrating to know that there's that many points, and I promise we'll make our way back to Hilbert. Because if you have an infinite number of points on that line segment equally spread out, there's still space in between. Right. Drives me nuts. <laughs> um, <laughs> and because they're spread out, you could theoretically add another infinite set of points in between mm-hmm. the points that are on that line segment. And that's essentially the concept with Hilbert's Hotel. It's how you get to that infinity plus infinity. Yeah. And actually, what that kind of segues into another paradox that I found. And I think this was the other one that was most troubling to me and the one that I Hmm. would bring up to friends and see if they could ever, if they'd ever thought about it, you know, and not too many people had, unfortunately. Uh, It's called Zeno's Paradox. Vaguely familiar, bringing me up to speed. So Zeno's Paradox is a paradox by the, I think he was a philosopher, uh, Zeno, and lived back in the, uh, let's see here, He lived in the mid-400s B.C., so quite a while ago. His paradox is one that, uh, kind of what you're talking about, the line segments, how you can have an infinite number of line segments. So his uh, thought experiment was, say you're walking to uh, the other side of the road, and as you begin to take a step, you're dividing each successive step in half, one half, one-fourth, whatever, so on and so forth, to infinity. Yeah. So... 
in Zeno's paradox, theoretically, you can never attain the other side of the street because you could continue to divide that number infinitely. So as you ever inched closer to touching the other side of the street, you would never be able to make it. Right. Because it would be an infinite number of divisions, Hmm. thus not allowing you to really go anywhere. Isn't this uh, in math called, I'm going to butcher this and we're going to, assuming we have any listeners yet, (laughs) they're going to email in. Isn't this called an asymptote? Have you you heard this language? Uh, I've heard of it. I don't know the exact definition. So if I'm correct, I believe an asymptote is essentially a line that approaches another line infinitely closer and closer and then never crosses the line yep and maybe Zeno is the uh birther of this mathematical concept it's very possible um again I don't Austin I can't explain to you why it is this way for me maybe it's the innate fear of the unknown that exists in my heart but there's something about that that is unsettling yeah is is that the case for you I mean when you think of the dude crossing the road taking um these ridiculously small steps by the time that he's infinitely into yeah. this walk <laughs> does it bother you in any sort of way well i guess why why would it keep you up at night because we i, th- I think part of it is because we're taught this concept we're taught something is infinite there is an infinite number of things mm-hmm. but when you really begin to look at the absurdities that result from an actual infinite it doesn't quite compute. It doesn't make mm. sense. And I'm looking at it from the philosophical perspective. So mathematicians or scientists out there that know a little bit more about this, please forgive me. But philosophically, there's some issues with it. Um, and this actually gets into, I personally deny that there is an actual infinite number of anything. I'm an infinity denier. Ooh, interesting. That's, yeah. I'm going to have a question about that. Let's go for it. So you would argue that the universe is not infinite? Yes, yeah. Okay. The universe is not a static universe. So you believe that there are bounds to the universe, the observable universe? Well, so no. So <laughs> there you go. So that, that's a good way to continue it. So I believe that the universe itself is growing infinitely. It's the raisins in, in, a, in a bread loaf. Sure. I don't know if you ever heard that m- metaphor, but if you throw some raisins in a piece of bread, as they expand, they're expanding with the universe. They're expanding with the, the bread loaf that is the universe, right? Yeah. So in that sense, the universe is infinitely large. It's infinitely growing mm-hmm. because there's no boundary that we know of. Right. Observable. Yeah. Observable boundary. I, what I was referring to more was that the universe is not infinite in the past being eternal. Oh, sure. Okay. Um, so that's what I would deny is the eternality, infinite eternality of the universe. Yeah. And I think no matter where you fall on kind of the belief spectrum, I don't know, does anyone argue that the universe is eternal, that it is infinite in both space and time? Yeah, yeah. So you have um, more modern scientists, they get into uh, string theory and the multiverse. Sure. So in those, and um, Uh, once again, I'm not a scientist, Sure. um, but you do have those that would state that the universe is eternal if we live in a multiverse. Because there's there's no end to a multiverse. Yeah, I get you. So in that regards, which I'm, I'm a multiverse denier too, man, I feel like a I feel like one of those nine <laughs> eleven deniers already. Oh, <laughs> I don't think it's that. <laughs> I don't think it's that bad. But well, let me ask you. I mean, why? Why do you deny? Is it a sense of discomfort, or is there for you like metrics by which you measure this sort of understanding of the universe? Yeah. So a lot of this actually comes from uh, William Craig. 
I don't know if you guys are familiar with him or not, but he is a uh, Christian apologist. Okay. So he's done a lot of thinking and a lot of studying into these things. And as I've read his works, it has really kind of broadened my horizons to the existence of infinity. Um, And let me find a uh, little resource right here. Where you come into issues with the concept of an infinite number of things Mm -hmm. is you could never have arrived to today if an actual infinite number of past events exists. You could never have successfully added one event on top of another, on top of another, on top of another to arrive to this moment right here because it's an infinite. It, there's no, it's not successive addition. Okay. You, you'd have to go so far back you can't. You literally can't go far enough back to get to the <laughs> beginning point of the infinite series of events. Sure. And so for me, that's part of the reason why I don't believe the universe is eternal because we would never have arrived to today. Sure. You can't add infinity plus one to get to today. Right. Does that make sense? I believe so. Are we talking about the cosmological argument? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, kind of in that regards. And, that, and essentially, so what the cosmological argument is, it's one of the ones mastered by Bill Craig. And it basically has three premises. The first premise is anything that begins to exist has a cause of its existence. Sure. Second premise is the universe begins to exist. Third is the universe has a cause of its existence. So the concept of infinity is tied into that. Right. Because there was a beginning, an absolute beginning. Right. So if you could point to that, you could find out who the causer is and everything like that. So I think it's like the ultimate slap in the face to the concept of infinity that the concept of infinity has a beginning. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) You know, like if nothing else, this is going to help me sleep. Exactly. You're not eternal yourself. You're not infinite yourself. That's interesting stuff, man. I mean, I'm not sure that I have strong opinions about infinity other than I wish it would go away whenever my head hits the pillow because that's just the last thing that I need. Are there any other paradoxes, problems that you have that are stirring around in your brain uh, whenever you think about this sort of thing? I think those are the two main ones for Mm -hmm. me. Those, the Hilbert's Hotel and Zeno's Paradox, and I'm sure we can provide links to those in the sure. notes. Um, but those were the two big ones for me because they just continued to point to the absurd nature of the concept. Yes. That was for me. So what about you? Have you had any issues with this concept and this structure of infinity? I have, and you know, I alluded to this, but I had a conversation with a friend in college who let's say you're a infinity denier. He is uh, an infinity evangelist in so much as that he just a math dude. So, (laughs) you know, he works with infinity and I know that you don't mean that you can't apply infinity and philosophy and mathematics and all of that, you know, Um, actually one of my questions to you was, does infinity actually exist? And I think ultimately that's what you're saying. doesn't exist in, in reality. in Yeah, in the real observable world exactly. and universe, yeah. But for me, I had that problem that you cannot add infinity to infinity. And of mm. course, we've already talked about that. It actually is something that you can do. Really? To help me, well, yeah. I mean, if you think about adding infinite sets within infinite sets, you just took two countable, boundable sets of infinity and put them together, and now you have two infinities. Mm-hmm. And together, they make infinity 
Right, which is absurd. Which is a problem. <laughs> yes. Again, that's I'm sitting in this guy's dorm room like, no, you can't do that, man. That's that's not how it works. One plus one equals two. But I posed to him this question because I'd heard this one, and whether it's a philosophy class or mathematics class, I don't know. But have you heard of Shakespeare, uh, the monkeys that can compose the works of Shakespeare? Yes, I have. Okay, so for our listeners, essentially what this word picture, this scenario is, is that if you place an infinite amount of monkeys or even a finite amount of monkeys in front of typewriters for an infinite amount of time, they will eventually compose any great work, any and all great works that have existed, including, for example, the entire works of Shakespeare. He said this to me, and I said that is, to use your words, Austin, absurd. There you go. It's not true. Yeah. You cannot convince me that a monkey the smartest animal besides ourselves, even, given the benefit of the doubt, Mm -hmm. can compose the works of Shakespeare by accidentally just hammering away on a typewriter. And his response was, well, then you don't understand the concept of infinity. And, uh, yeah, at that time I was a little hot-headed, and uh, I I think we did end the conversation um, in somewhat of a civil manner. But to imagine this, that with an infinite amount of time or an infinite amount of monkeys, whatever, you know, floats your boat, you would eventually have this library of all the greatest works that have ever existed. In theory, every work that has ever, even all the bad ones, you know? And there is a mathematical proof for this. So this Mm -hmm. isn't just someone making up a word problem to frustrate me. Mm -hmm. What's interesting is if you look into this problem mathematically, it's one of the easier ones to solve when it comes to infinity. Okay. Making it all the more frustrating for me because if you haven't caught on by now, we're not mathematicians. <laughs> yeah. And so it's funny obvious. you do you go look this up man and it says, you know, this is one of the simpler problems and then it throws a bunch of symbols that aren't numbers out in yeah. front of you and at least 5 of them is that little sideways 8 yep. for infinity, whatever yeah. that thing is. Lemniscerat? Uh, Lemniscerat? Sounds like you did more Something homework like than that. me. Yeah. <laughs> and so the infinite monkeys bothers me, but there's also this other one, this other word picture that I think it gets me closer okay. to understanding how that's possible. It is called the Library of Babel. Are you familiar with this? I am not. Okay. It's by some Spanish guy. I'm not going to try to pronounce his whole name. In fact, any of his name. I'll put it in the show notes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and he imagines it's actually in his, it's actually in a, a short story. It's a okay. book, right? Of this library that is enormous it is huge and it is made up of a tremendous amount of individual hexagonal rooms but in each room there's an entrance on the wall and there's the bare necessities for human survival and then there are four walls of bookshelves so maybe that's why he needed six because he wanted four full walls of bookshelves you know and though the order and the content of those books are random and they're apparently completely meaningless the inhabitants of this library believe that the books contain every possible ordering of 25 basic characters. So you have 22 letters, you have the period, the comma, and the space. Okay. And these books are no longer than 420 pages in length, but with 420 pages, they include every possible combination of those 22 letters. Okay. Exactly. Sorry, 25 basic characters. Now, it doesn't matter if this library exists on another world where none of our books have ever been written. Mm-hmm. 
it doesn't matter what those 25 characters are. We Like we said, we have some punctuation in there. Yeah. But in whatever language it's written, it simply doesn't matter because arguably every work that could be written right. has been written in this library. So theoretically, there are infinite amount of thoughts, right? right. Potential there, infinite. Yeah, there's a there's potentially an infinite amount of books that can be written. Mm-hmm. Make sense? Yeah, I'm with you. Okay, but there are bounds to this library. Right. This is a finite library, and yet it contains an infinite amount of books that can be written, thoughts that can be had, hmm. because it's limited by the number of characters and books, right? right? But it contains every possible... <laughs> I know I'm going in circles here yeah. because I'm trying to think about this. And this is this is honestly one, man, that has racked my brain enough to keep me up. So it's a finite library. Correct. We've I mean, established that. It's a finite library. Yes, it has to be because okay. there are a finite number of characters and pages. So you can only get so many combinations of letters into or characters right. into those books. Eventually... You've reached the end. It's a tremendously big library. Okay. But the confines of the of the library itself are finite, right? Like the, the, the rooms. Like there's a finite number of rooms? You need enough rooms to put an the infinite. books in. So you'd have to have enough rooms to put an infinite number of books in. No, no, no. See, we're going backwards okay. here. Not, the books I... have to be finite. Okay. Okay. Right. So if I had four numbers... Mm-hmm. There are 9,999 possible combinations, right? Right. If the numbers are one through nine. So there are there is a finite number of combinations okay. that you can order those numbers. Same with the books in the t- in the titles of the Tower of Babel. <laughs> <laughs> the Library of Babel. Eventually, you run out of orders okay. in which you can order the characters that you're given in the 420 pages that you're given. Right, that makes sense. So there has to be bounds to this library it is finite however if every possible ordering of them has been met then every possible book that could be written has been written Hmm. and in theory there's an infinite amount of books that could be written okay i see what you're saying i'm following you now okay so yeah there is a potential infinite right there is the potentiality of infinity yes same thing with music not every single song that could be written has been written. Yeah, which is a bummer that we have like the same <laughs> music that we get churned out oh, year no, after year. It's, it's like, ridiculous. dude, make something new. Okay, oh, off the soapbox. Go on. There you go. So, so you have a potential infinite, but an actual infinite is where my issue occurs. An yes. actual successive infinite where one thing is adding on top of You can count to... The highest number you can ever even fathom, mm-hmm. but you can always add one more number. That bothers you. That bothers me. <laughs> that that bothers me, and that's why I'm an infinity denier. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, it certainly does make sense that that would be frustrating. I mean, that's why we're talking about it, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And at the end of the day, you know, if if you are a uh, infinity champion and a uh, evangelist for the infinite, you know, more power to you. Sure. But Philosophically, I think I'm on pretty good grounds. <laughs> so well, that has helped me go to yeah, sleep. And, and let say. me let me back up with the what we were kind of just discussing when it comes to 
like having countable or sorry, not, that wasn't your language. You said actual versus something actual versus potential. And are those mathematical or philosophical, philosophical. terms? Or are they your terms? They're philosophical. Okay. Yeah. So I've seen those dangling about. There's also this word I saw countable. Countable infinite. Yeah. I think, I think it sounds like you were, I think you were more focused on a philosophical approach and I was more interested in how mathematically does it make sense? Mm-hmm. Because for me to sleep, I need it to make sense. Yeah. I don't need to have an answer for myself. I need someone to explain it to me. I gotcha. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> but I feel like this threw a whole nother iron in the fire and made no look, someone was talking about countable infinity. Okay. How does that work? Well can infinity have bounds by nature of it being infinity? No. Why not? Because it's it's infinite. <laughs> like there's like we said, there's what do you mean why not? There's there is always it's an absurdity. There's always one more number that can be added to an infinite number of things. Right. So by that very definition, there is no boundary to it. Right. But think about some of the discussion we've already had. I mean we have a line segment which right. is finite. Right. With an infinite number of points on that line. Right. We have a road that we're trying to cross, um, which is finite in length and infinitely um, impossible to cross, apparently, if you take smaller and smaller steps, divide right. by you know, one half. Or yeah, you what, cut it yeah. in half each time. We have a library that is finite, and yet it contains within itself infinity. So I suppose the question, is infinity ever countable? I, I would still say no. Barring the Library of Babel, because I'm not super familiar with that sure. one, there were solutions to Zeno's paradox. I don't know if Hilbert's Hotel, probably not. I mean, it's an infinite hotel. But Zeno's paradox and your line paradox, which is pretty much the same thing, mm-hmm. working the problems in reverse, counting back towards the number, gets you the whole number. Wait, starting from infinity and counting backwards. See that, and that's the other absurdity of it. But so you you can if you add the successive numbers once, say you're you're counting down from infinity. Okay. One sixteenth, one eighth, one fourth, one half, one. You've you've arrived. So that was the solution to Zeno's paradox was that if you were to work the problem in reverse, you would finally get to the one whole, which okay. is the issue, right? Right. So in that regards. I don't think there can be an infinite number. Okay. Let me ask you this. Go for it. Would it bother you to know that any one thing was actually infinite? And if so, what is that thing? If there was any one thing that was infinite, actually infinite. Oh, man. I I literally cannot conceive of a thing that could be infinite. Like I, my brain just cannot, I, I can't find it. I, I was thinking about space or stars or planets. They can't be infinite. Hmm. Sand can't be infinite. Like there has to be a countable number of grains of sand in the universe. Okay. The number of beetles that have roamed the world cannot be infinite. Okay. And so I don't, I cannot think of a thing that it, can be infinite so i can't answer that question does that make sense i, I know it's 
It makes Probably sense. Not what if, you're looking for. No, it's definitely not what I'm looking for. It sounds like the politician's <laughs> answer. What I'm trying to do is ask you, my friend, <laughs> to step outside the world of your conceptions and ask what is the thing that, if for one moment you could conceptualize of it being infinite, it would well, just okay. drive you crazy. Like I, I cannot accept that this is infinite. Okay, barring the ontological issues with infinity. <laughs> oh man. Okay. There's there's been something that I think about from time to time, and this I have to literally, and you, some of you that might be listening to this still would uh, have possibly been there. Sometimes I'll begin to think about the number of keystrokes that have been typed. Oh boy! Since the beginning of typing, or the number of pictures that have been taken since pictures became possible. Right. To me, I try to think of ways that you could conceivably count that, mm-hmm. but it's impossible. Right, and so I think that might those might be problems that there has to be a countable number, but you can't count it. So you <laughs> might just put the stamp of okay infinite on it and call okay. It a day. So you're calling it infinite by nature of I don't want to go do all the work. <laughs> yeah, uh. it, 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 it's impossible to to compute how that would work. Okay, to count at least. So what about you? I think generally speaking. To conceive of anything, if you put any one thing in front of me on a table, or if it's the grandness of the universe itself, and try to make the case to me that this thing is infinite, it's going to bother me. Mm-hmm. To be specific, I think for me it is space. Okay. I don't know if you <laughs> saw this in the news, but we just about got destroyed by a killer asteroid. Because it passed 3 million miles away, which is remarkably close. We did not almost get killed by a killer asteroid. (laughs) Not Um, close at all. No, and we've been monitoring it since like 2001. So that to me, at the very least, shows the grandness of the space that exists between objects in outer space, in the universe, right? I mean, it's 93 million miles to our sun. So, relatively speaking, this asteroid followed very close, you know. It hit the shavings on our face as it went by. Now, if space is actually infinite, then the space between things becomes ill-important. Right. Does that make sense? A little bit. Continue on a little bit. Okay. So, I think of my spatial dimension, I should say, just personally. Mm -hmm. I have a wingspan of, you know six feet at most and then i i'm in a room that's 12 feet by 12 feet Uh, i sit in a cubicle right i have all these these bounds to me right and then beyond that we have our country and then beyond that we have our continent our earth our solar system and there's all this space in there Mm -hmm. but all that space exists within some kind of bound right right my wingspan exists within my arms this room exists within these four walls but if space itself is infinite, that means that there's no significance to the space that I have right here. I it's guess existential, I would it say. Is, it, yeah, I think that would be a question for uh, Kierkegaard, you know, very, very existential. <laughs> I guess I don't struggle with the existential issues with space. <laughs> I think space this is, is a, yeah, no, I think this is a highly specific wandering of my mind. Yeah. But... There's something about, you know, I, I hold very dear 
the things that which I've been given, the things I've been blessed with in my life, and one of those things is just like the physical places I'm allowed to be. Yeah. Um, if you think about, say, time is not infinite. You know, from your side of the table, that's what you would you would say. I'd probably tend to agree, but what, what do I know? It is a very rare thing that we exist in this moment in time, mm-hmm. in this space. And so, to me, what I have is special. Now, intrinsically, that's part of our humanity, is to love the things that we have in the ways that they're special to us. Mm-hmm. You know, this is why I believe partly why we love each other, we love people, is because they're special to us. They're right. ours, so to speak. When it comes to space, man, it's one of the few things that could actually be infinite in this universe. Mm-hmm. And... And just may it just makes it's not special anymore. <laughs> Is that too touchy feeling? I mean, like it bothers me that there's so much out there yeah. to begin with. To know that it, there was no bounds to it whatsoever, it just makes it all feel a little bit more random. I gotcha. I, yeah. I I can I can see that, but I I think part of the reason I've never struggled with this is I would approach existential issues theologically. Oh, the same for me. And you yeah. would, yeah, absolutely. And so with that being my reference to existential problems, yeah. theologically, there is an importance to us, to our experiences, to our lives. Yeah. And so when I would approach an issue of, man, is this all random? Is this pointless? Almost almost absurdity, right? Absurdism. Sure. Which um, I don't know if you're familiar with it, but it's the concept that literally life is absurd. The very nature <laughs> of life is absurd. I think a man, uh, not Kant, it was uh, Jean-Paul Sartre okay. was an absurdist. And so he lived his life in a way that spoke to absurdity, you know, barring all morals. <laughs> sure. Um, and so I think with that, I, I could I could see the life, the existence of life because of space, because of the vastness of the universe, barring God and theological constructs, it would be daunting to yeah. say the least. Yeah, you know? it is. So I guess in that regards, I would appreciate what you're saying. Mm-hmm. I should say that this is not the thing that tickles my brain in a way that prevents me from resolving the issue in my mind. Right. This is more or less what leads me down the rabbit hole of why can't I solve it? I got you. Because if something is infinite, and this comes back to our conversation about whether it's countable, whether it's actual, whether it's potential, whether it's boundable. If something is truly infinite, we'll never have an answer to how much of it there is. Right. Right. <laughs> Makes sense? Yeah, no, I, I can see that. And so it's less that I have, similar to you, a theological understanding of the universe, and I have, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. a resolution to this particular concern when it comes to space it's more that i can never actually get the answer at least in this life (laughs) you know what i mean like yeah i mean i can never truly measure whether i can never put this particular thing to rest yeah because if i sought to do so i would run out of time before i ran out of the thing that is infinite right and i i I can appreciate that because i think that because you cannot possibly come to a solution on it it might be one of those things that you you might have to shut off if your brain can't compute it why struggle with it 
that's my why struggle doesn't mean why 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 question it. That's not what I'm saying. Why not try to figure out a, a solution? But if there's a contemplation that you cannot ever resolve, yeah, you shouldn't lose sleep over it. I think that's true. Yeah, I, yeah. I think that there are noble pursuits that require your time, and just because you don't understand something doesn't mean you shouldn't look into it or yeah, try to find an answer. Exactly. But if you know that by nature of the thing, infinity that you're never going to get there. Yeah. Hand that problem off to your best mathematician friend. There you go. Uh, Let them deal with it. it. Yeah. Let them try to explain it to me and get frustrated whenever they can't. Yeah. And we can instead go to sleep. How about that? Sounds great. Austin, is there anything else about Infinity? It sounds like you're going to get a little bit better sleep than me. It sounds like you <laughs> <laughs> It sounds like you've made peace with this a bit more than I have. At this moment, I think I have made some some peace about it once I've realized I'm an infinite denier. Yeah, okay. That is, uh, kind of we are going to get crap it. for that. Yeah, we are. It's gonna, who knows what's going to happen. But, Austin yeah. believes the earth is round. Yeah. <laughs> he just doesn't believe in infinity exclusively infinity Ex- actual infinite okay <laughs> potential infinite i'm still working on well folks i hope this has been in some way therapeutic less than it has been annoying until next time good night <laughs>